everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the Chief of Serial and Sigilite of the FLG, and I'm Seth the Mad Doctor, competitive correspondent. Kicker buddy, how you been doing? Dude, mad dash to get a travel-friendly Eldari army. I am leaving for Cruise Hammer on Saturday, and I realize that my army doesn't fit into a nice compact little carry-on bag so that means i'm just uh you know starting from scratch with a bunch of miniatures i'm almost done but it's really uh proven to be the value of uh contrast paint I, at first i was like not that big of a believer but especially I, I talked about it last week but especially the new ones they've really helped me get this this stuff can we can we show my banshees uh tech no. stuff? Can we bring those no, no. We, we so, so if you are listening to our already. podcast you should be watching live every wednesday night at 9 p.m eastern standard time so you can join our chat hi chat we love you and see our wonderful visual elements. There is my army, beautifully painted in about a day. Uh, that was like, you know, just one squad of Banshees. Yeah, I, I, I know they're not orcs, Seth, but come on, they're kind of pretty. It's right? true. It's true. They could be orcs, which would be better. <laughs> they could be orcs. But I mean, like, that's using just some of the new paint. They quickly, you know, were done. And I'm, they're not amazing, but I'm, I'm satisfied. You them. would get your 10 points. I would get my 10 points. Uh, speaking of Cruise Hammer, dude, I just picked up, like, literally just this afternoon, I picked up all the swag for Cruise Hammer, and there's amazing stuff. Can we show the some of the stuff that I picked up, uh, Tech Priest? Oh, yeah, okay. you're, you're getting way out of order, okay. man. I'm getting all the way out of order. I'm going to show, I'm gonna show our live viewers some of the stuff that we got from Cruise Hammer. It's it's stuff that I want to kind of try Let, to roll up for other events. La later. Wait, okay, well, there's, there is Seth's amazingly yes. painted army. Seth, just, tell us what you've been up to, man. Um, I've painted none of those models this week. Oh. <laughs> no, this is <laughs> this is the army that I'm taking uh, this weekend to the Warzone Gigabytes event. Um, I just actually got a, I pulled it all out today just to make sure it was all painted. Indeed, it was. Um, I guess technically speaking, you can see Zagstruck in the front of the picture, and there he didn't go. have Flock on his base uh, before the show. That counts uh, as so hobby I, progress. I, I put Flock on a base. Um, <laughs> I did have to do some repair to the uh, the the Wog sign in the background. Um, it's it's seen a little travel damage, so I had to do some repair work there. But otherwise, the army's good to go and ready to rock. So excited to be getting that out this weekend and taking and where that are you up going? to where, what, what tournament, what event? Uh, Warzone Gigabytes. It's in it's in Atlanta um, with okay. the Warzone crew, the, the general staff. So excited to be doing that. And then I've uh, been playing some practice games and playing a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, having some uh, fun with that, hunting yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, nice. Kicker, we have a guest on the show. Do we you do. Bring him and so in? the guest will be coming in later on today or tonight. But we want to show his hobby progress because this guy, uh, okay, this is actually not hobby progress. This, this is a spoiler for who our guest yes. is. He did this probably a while back, but it's just gorgeous. Can we can we show this right here? This is this has got to be one of the best battle boards in the universe right now. This is the, <sighs> yeah, that's the pretty, DACA. It's, it's the pretty DACA damn DACA good. Board. And yeah. it's orcs. Yeah, it's like, orcs. Can you describe it's, it's that much it? better because it's orcs. Oh, uh, Seth, you are our orc connoisseur here. Can you mm -hmm. describe this beautiful display of orky? Orky goodness here. What, what is going on <laughs> for, here? For the audio listeners at home, yeah, for the audio it is a, uh, a, the best way to describe it is a ramshackle base. All right. Um, that is that it has a lot of height to it, which I think is a really great thing for a display <laughs> board uh, because it gives you a lot more room to store models on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Particularly in an orc army, you run out of space real quick yeah. with them models. That, no, that is strategy. Um, I and like then, that. I like yep, that. And then, the, and then the top of it, it is called the Dakashack. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And that is, that a is a gorgeous. Custom -made sign so, if you're familiar, amazing. if you've seen this uh, this battle board at a few of the events, uh, you, you know who's going to be coming on board later on today. Uh, Seth, can I? Do you mind if I show off the the, the cruise hammer swag? Can I? Can I do this now? Just because I'm really proud of this. I, I think the the problem is uh, you told no. Tech Priest uh, that that would be later in the show, okay. and so he probably we're just going to let the Tech up. Priest tell me when I can show those images. Yeah. But, the, but the thing is, I want to get. Oh, there we go. Whoa, there. Okay. Boom. All right, Look, there we go. Do you, okay, so the reason I want to show this is because I want our audience to is be that a, Is that a colorized yes. coin? That is a full color. Well, full color. Okay, it's like seven colors. But that's a seven color Frontline Gaming Challenge coin. First one we've ever made, and it is gorgeous. It is for Cruise Hammer because Cruise Hammer, you know, we, 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 we try to go really over the top with the swag there. But I, I want to know what people, you know, if you're in chat, tell us what you think. Is it is is a full color challenge coin too much for LVO? Is it something we should be doing? I, I don't know. I, I, well, let's show the next thing. Let's, let's show the next thing here. Yes. Do you know what that is? That's a beach bag, Seth. Nice. That is a uh, dice. That's very, very themey. Very good. Yes. I mean, cruise hammer is, you know, you're going on a cruise. You could probably Caribbean cruise, no less. Yes. Where you're going to be on yes. beaches. You're going to melt. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I am totally going to melt. And I am so pale and practically transparent. So I will definitely get sunburned. Well, you don't look like the best person on the show. It's because I have all my lights here turned to like warm glow setting. I'm going to so do I mine look, to warm glow. Like I have a tan. Yeah, there you go. There like, now we go. both look uh, tan. Now we look good. And like, yeah. yes, like we. We hang out on the, the, the magic of lighting, folks. Uh, you can become tan instantly. <laughs>
But but if you're in chat throughout the episode, just tell us what do you think swag wise. If you're going to LVO, if you're going to SoCal They're later on, full color year, looks sweet. Yeah, I just want ideas on what make and i really like this beach bag i thought i mean it, you know it's, it's a cool bag you know we all have a lot of dice we all have you know stickers let's let's do something crazy uh seth can we jump into new products can we talk about this yeah, let's do it let's do it let's do it new products the voltan berserkers they've been you know show oh, baby yeah okay so these are very polarizing so far people either love them or hate them this is that new squat unit um basically it's dwarves just like the dwarf berserkers of olden age uh, of age of sigmar fantasy but with like i guess power hammers and fist and i guess and plasma axes plasma axes yeah that is um, amazing okay okay so you clearly like them seth with me I i'm do. not really too uh, stoked about it i'm not, not 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 a fan i don't know they just don't they don't get me excited you know all right yeah. all right kicker yeah i want you to cover your eyes for a second covering my eyes let's hear it what if those were your bullgrim Ooh, ooh. Okay, okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. There See, we go. Look, look at that. Look yeah. at that. Because they they don't look like you know. Chat's saying they need beards. They don't look particularly That's, dwarvish. Okay. No, no. Chat is correct. I was like, they're missing something, and I couldn't figure out. It's the beards or the big mohawks. If they had the Aegis Sigmar like mohawk thing going on, yeah, like the fire these. slayers. Yeah, the fire slayers. If they had the fire slayer, I mean, a hundred percent sold. But I just I I look at these and and I'm listen. I am a hundred percent on board. As soon as this army drops, I'm picking it up. I'm ready to go. But this particular unit, I was just like, ah, oh, it's missing. And I think it's the beards. Got to be the beards. But, but like, if that was if that was your Bulgard model, you'd be all about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Okay, okay. Mr. I want guard. I'm a long-time guard player. Let me paint my orcs and then my Eldar. And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. This is new and shiny. And I have, like, yeah, like right. you know, anything new and shiny gets me excited. Um, okay, so um, I can't give too much info on this. I did have a pretty fun call earlier this week. Mm. But I'm going to tell you that the league of voltan legion or league 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 or legion it's legion it's legion, it's the, something of voltan the squats they're going to be coming out way sooner than i think most people originally expected including myself so uh you know get ready guys they tomorrow are, it's definitely tomorrow it's not tomorrow it. it's not tomorrow but it is sooner than you okay. think um can we show the kill team tracker model the new kill team tr uh into the dark set is the, probably the crude warrior with yeah, the, the, the gun and the bird. It's like a crude tracker, dude. Yeah, like, he's, he's got his gun. Bird. He's got a bird perch yeah, on his gun. I mean, he's so, looking sweet. Yeah, I am 100% sold on the, the new kill team uh, box as well. I think it's because it's kind of like Space Hulk. It's the idea of ship to ship, room to room battle, fighting, whatever, breachers and, and all that stuff. So this new uh, tracker just, you know, I could care less, uh, you know, if it's in the box or not. It's definitely coming in the box, but I'm already sold on the whole concept of going, you know, room to room fighting. Uh, Seth and I were talking before the show about playing Kill Team, and he didn't answer my very important question. If you're going to play Kill Team with me, Seth, what army are you going to play? You can't say Orcs because you already play Orcs. Kill Team is the opportunity to play a different army. What is it going to be? He's thinking. Right He's now? Thinking. Yeah. In, yeah. In Legion of Voltan, I would say. I'm loving the, a lot of their models. Ooh, all right. And it all would right. be an excuse to to get in on the, on the call it the short side of the project. Oh my gosh, all right. <laughs> you, 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 bad jokes. All right. Uh, uh, the, the the last little new release we have to talk about, Seth, and, and this one's going, you know, is just for you, my is the new War Boss limited edition book set. This I don't is, even know what this book's about, but I'm pre-ordering. Yeah, I mean, th this is over the top GW in the best way possible. It is, it is all the insane. stuff. The I, I didn't even realize it was a book. I thought it was like a box game or something because there's so many nope. like things that came with it. But uh, did you see the dice with the numbers on it that come with it? I don't. I don't. No, know. those are teeth, sir. Those are teeth. Those are sorry. Are they so? Are the teeth supposed to be dice? Is there a purpose to them? I have. They're no just numbered teeth. They're I would use them for my command points. Okay. Okay. Command. I like that. There we but go. But it's got there a bumper go. sticker. It's got a little no, special. No, see what the bumper book. sticker says. Because I, I, I want this. My other car is a boom deck of snaz wagon. <laughs> I love it, man. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love yeah, it. I'm. I'm all about it. I actually did. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sold, and then I scrolled down to see what the book is about. It looks pretty interesting. It's I mean, basically like the, the the war boss of a wog dies, and all the other war bosses are trying to win the favor of Gork and Mork by being the first one to uh, get to a secret portal underneath the city that'll help them conquer the galaxy. Which I think is just a teleportarium pad somewhere underneath the city. Um, <laughs> but it's basically all these war bosses fighting amongst each other, trying to try to be the biggest and the best. Okay, cool. So it looks yeah. like a good book, and more importantly, we know. Amazing collectible stuff is, oh, yeah. is well worth it. So, and they're signed and it's limited oh. to 2,000 copies. So, yeah. So, so everyone you know, needs to just is, wait in line until I get mine, then you can get yours. <laughs> I think this has got to be one of the more impressive, I guess, GW book releases. Oh, yeah. Done. 
Yeah. Um, we should probably talk about the uh, the Frontline Gaming Corrupted Terrain set. This is this is that brand new terrain series that we're doing that we had at Lone Star Open. Uh, this was the most applauded uh, terrain set when it comes to competitive, the competitive, I guess, balance of it. People absolutely mm-hmm. loved it how how it played. Uh, it will come in four different colors: one for each of the Chaos Gods, as well as an accompanying mat. Yeah, so you can get your nice corn and, and kicker. Did you realize what it's in the background of the mat? Um, uh, no. We talked about it last time, bud. That's the oh. Slanesh symbol. Oh, the, yes, yes. Okay, so on the background of the mat, yes, yes. So on the mats, thank you, Seth. Yes, the mats do subtly, d- delicately, discreetly, carefully, well. Discreetly, done. I believe, discreetly, is the term you're looking the right for. Word. Discreetly have the chaos symbol. So anyway, these uh, these will be rolling out soon. People have been bombarding us. We promise we're going to get them out. We're just uh, kind of uh, got a little bit of a backlog. But, uh, you know, Seth, how do they buy this mat? If they want to buy this mat or this terrain set, um, isn't there a nice little affiliate link they can use? To yeah, kind of, yeah. Know? So you can, of course, find all of this stuff on Frontline Gaming's uh, lovely website, which we promise you is supposed to be up uh, in the next day or two. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the site, issues. So, so the store is actually up. The Frontline Gaming oh. blog is mm-hmm. actually down. gotcha. And okay. It's down for another but, thirty-two hours. I know that exactly out uh, of time. If uh, if you do go uh, and and shop on the website, uh, please uh, use our affiliate link. It is in the show description on all the YouTubes and and all that jazz. Um, and on your podcast aggregator, aggregators, um, that does show them that you you came from us uh, and that you're supporting us as a show, um, as well as uh, if you make any purchases, a little bit comes back to us, which we would highly appreciate. And guys, you can also support us by going to the Frontline Gaming Community Group and just getting involved there. We, you know, we, we love your feedback. We love talking to you. And you can always show your support for, uh, you know, saying you love signals on there and a public post. We love it. But particularly also- if you also besmirch Grimm somehow in that Host. That would be <laughs> highly uh, required. Thank you, Seth. Hey, hey, Seth, did you see the poll we posted on yeah. Monday? Yeah, uh, this was a poll. We're trying to figure out if we can do an event over Easter weekend in the Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona area. We had a lot of people submit their uh, opinion. Uh, it was simply, oh, yes, oh, I can. Oh, no, you can can't. it be the Breaking Bad Open? Breaking Bad Open? I mean, yeah, sure, why not? But yeah. first, we got to figure out if we can do it over holiday weekend. The reason we're asking about holiday weekend is because, you know, people have time off. You know, it might be good for traveling. The results so far after three or four days are 60-40 split. 60 people say, yes, we can. 40 people will say, hell no. Uh, so, you know, why they're saying no is because, you know, it's religious time or they're spending time with their family. At the end of the day, 40% of people saying no is way more than, I guess, I personally am comfortable with. If it was more like an 80-20 split. Yeah, uh, I think we'd be okay with it. But 40% of the people saying no is it's too many people not being able to make it. So we will not be doing an event over Easter weekend. In- Woo-wee. Mm. Uh, All right. Yeah. Should we, uh, do we want to talk about uh, the hobby track scores to be updated finally? I mean, should we? There have, that was some of the first questions out of chat tonight is yeah. what is going on with the hobby track scores Yes, uh, on BCB? I think we should bring in our guests when we talk about that a little bit maybe more in detail but bcp uh has been dealing with me personally talking to them literally friday almost on a daily basis um things are getting fixed there's no doubt about that but you guys got to remember that frontline gaming does not own the bcp so we can only push and prod and beg and as 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 much as we can without you know totally pissing them off um but i can tell you that i have seen things moving along i see where where, where we're at um I know that, for example, ACO needs to get some uh, things fixed. I know Lone Star Open needs to get things fixed. And those are two that are up for immediate fixing probably tonight or tomorrow morning. Right. Uh, let's talk about the last chance to get your Las Vegas team bundle t- uh, tickets. These are yes. those bundle tickets that include the objective markers that you know are custom with your team logo on it. They include your hotel room. They include a free thing of beer. Um, you know, this, this bundle ticket we're going to be removing from our web cart next week and then it's gone. Um, it's, it's because we need time to make these objective markers. Seth, you know about these objective markers, yep. right? Yeah. Custom objective markers with your team's logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and if you wanted that team logo to be, uh, Seth and kicker as Shrek and donkey, Let's I don't do see it. why they, they couldn't do that kicker. In fact, I encourage you to do that. So, so please <laughs> do so. Um, yeah. And, and also guys, if you do want that little, um, inner circle thing that, you know, you know, the actual space of the objective is a yep. 30 millimeter circle. Just tell us in the notes. Uh, if you're a team captain, you got an email from us. Uh, explain yeah. it to you. A lot of uh, have because uh, a player plays terrain event like yeah. FLG. You the the radius off the objective can be in a terrain feature, but the objective marker itself cannot. So mm-hmm. it's nice having those little those little forty mil uh, dotted areas to say this is where the actual logo is. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and we, we should also mention that we did add Age of Sigmar to the Las Vegas team tournament because the Age of Sigmar crowd really, really wants to get more team tournaments in. So if you're not a 40K dude and you prefer some Age of Sigmar, you can do that at the Las Vegas team tournament. I think those are teams of four while the 40K is team five. Right. And last but not least, SoCal is happening in October. Um, Seth, yeah. Is it true that you're coming? Is this happening? Yeah, un- unfortunately, um, oh, no, some plans with uh, my, my friends – um, non 40 K related, uh, plans, uh, fell through. Um, we're not going to be able to take that trip, but I, I did have some time already scheduled for, for me to not be working during that time period. So if I can make the budget happen, I'll be, I'll be heading out to yeah. Southern California, nice San Diego. Um, yes. I, I don't know what the weather's like in San Diego in October, but it's probably better than Alabama. Yeah, it was really, really good, man. It was perfect. We actually had the the garage door, I guess the massive like oh, garage doors open up the entire time. So it was like you're outside. It was perfect. Uh, let's jump into the FLGN news. Do we want to talk well, about Well, Kicker, it? I think there's one more thing to talk about SoCal. There is, it is something different about SoCal this year. Um, How many days is it? Oh, you, thank you for reminding me. So SoCal, yes, is two days. It's Saturday and Sunday. Yes, Friday there will be activity, but the 40K Champs, which is what most people listening to are going to be caring about, that is going to be a two-day event Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, Saturday. chat, chat yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Um, I was planning to go shark diving, um, but the Mexican Supreme Court has made that illegal. And uh, Tomonagachi <laughs> Express says, I'm not saying Kicker bribed the Mexican Supreme Court. I'm just saying Seth is going to SoCal now. I've got a lot of lunch all around. In Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I really want Seth to come and hang out with me in San Diego. Um, well, sadly, you can't go shark diving, but hopefully you can come and be a shark. What? Ah! Okay, yeah, oh, right, God. Right, okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Talk about the FLGN and what's happening on. Well, you, you also want to talk about the BAO, right? No, I was going to talk about the BAO, but we'll save the BO for another. Okay. All right. Well, FLGN wise, um, Grim After Dark had another Valisode. Um, I'm starting to like the Valisodes. I, I feel like those three got a groove. Uh, um, you know, I, I think I think they work well together. So I'm not against the Valisode. Uh, it, it is very tangent heavy. Um, as any show with Val on it is uh, <laughs> likely to be. And then John and Danny are also very tangent-heavy themselves. Um, so when you just kind of combine those two forces and their powers combined, they become Captain Tangent. Um, so, it, you know, it's it gives the 40K adjacent show a run for its adjacency money. Um, so, but it's a great show. Watch them. Check it out. Um, I may have beat the brakes off of one of those hosts last night. Um, but, you know, uh, that's, that's there's point. no proof of that. It occurred that. in the deep, dark recesses of Discord. Um, let's get into our main segment, though. Kicker, let's bring on our guest. Yeah. Uh, let's bring on the one, the only, Jacob Thayer of the Hobby Goblins. You know him, you love him, folks. Come bring on in, in, Jacob. Guys, Jacob Thayer is a, a you know, amazing community member. Um, I think we're having trouble bringing him in, but he's yeah. coming in right now. He's coming in. We're working on it. Uh, but we Jacob some, Thayer some is, is a guy that I in. met purely, you know, he offered to help unload some trucks at Cherokee. That was in February. The next thing I know, this guy's showing up in Atlantic City with his team all and like helping to unload trucks there too. I'm like, where, where do you live, man? There he is. He must be East Coast. There is Jacob. All right. Hey. And finally, he showed up at Texas with even more people helping set up and break down. And turns out this guy doesn't only have an amazing team that's awesome at helping us set up and break down events, but this guy is, uh, turns out he happens to be one of the top ranked hobby track uh, competitors right now with some real uh, painting, painting skills. Jacob, uh, why don't you introduce us? Tell us where you're from, how you got in the hobby. But first, first, oh what is your favorite box of cereal? Um, favorite box of cereal? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I do cereal late at night, not early yeah. in the morning. So yeah, it would be you're a grown man. Punch. That's how we eat cereal. Grown man. Right. I'm on a yeah. grown man cereal schedule. <laughs> well, what is your cereal? You got to say what your favorite Oh, cinnamon favorite. toast crunch. Yeah, cinnamon. all day long. There all we go. Long. All right. Very, I feel very, like very, it, it's a good cereal, but it tends to break down real quick, so you got to eat it in a hurry. Well, I, I tend to be in a hurry, so it's a <laughs> uh, match made in heaven. Perfect. All right, great. Thank you, Jacob. So, so Jacob, uh, real fast, how did you get into the hobby? And it seems like your passion, I mean, obviously you're a competitor. I've seen you play. You've kicked my ass. Um, <laughs> you, you're also, like, really dedicated, I guess, to the aesthetic of your army and the hobby as, as a whole thing. How did this, what's your background? How did this all happen? Um, sure, yeah, so... Uh, been doing tabletop stuff for a long time. D and D. I learned to paint miniatures. The original Necromunda was probably some of the first wow. miniatures I painted. Uh, I engaged in 40k early on from a competitive level, just trying to play the game, beat up my friends. 
and it was just oceans of gray plastic on the yeah. fifth edition era. So ninth edition, I got kind of pulled back in. Uh, friends had interest. We embarked on the journey together, and we wanted to make sure everybody had that painted army to start with. So the first leg was everybody getting their army uh, battle ready. Um, and since then, it's just stuck. Um, I, I, I've found that I, I really enjoy the experience of the painted army at the game, arguably more than painting the army itself. Uh, that is work. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, it's just that's that's stuck. That's kind of the fundamentals of the club was a, a couple of guys that were doing art related stuff and a couple of other guys got into 40K and all of us, uh, I was kind of the bridge and all of us together just, you know, get together weekly to do that, do that very thing. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are basically the community in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, you guys like people want to play 40 K. They, they know that the hobby goblins is the most welcoming group of guys in Florida, or at least in, in the Northern part of Florida, come hang out with you guys. You'll teach them how to play, teach them how to paint and get them hopefully to an event. Right. I mean, that's, uh, that is, that is the goal to a degree. Yeah. Now, uh, the, our game space, our HQ, if you will, is my you know home studio where we do all of our commission painting and everything like that as well. Oh, so, so I, I do commission painting as well, right? That's right. That's right. Hobby Goblins Creative is is the brand for us that does all of our commission painting. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't allow me to just open up the game room to anybody. Uh, we do have to be somewhat selective on who comes around here to maintain that culture. Uh, yeah, but we are. Imagine. We are doing the same things that we're doing for the frontline events. If we show up, we're showing up to set up and showing up to help break down uh, and trying to promote a positive community, uh, hopefully cool. having an impact. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. All your, your guys, you have these really cool, you're wearing one right now, these really cool Hobby Goblin jerseys. And you can see your guys yeah, in the middle of any event and every single one of your players, yeah, it may be really cutthroat competition. Uh, but you guys are all like having a good time, you know. You're generally right. nice human beings with pretty damn, you know, impressive armies on the table, and and, and and everyone's smiling. I mean, everyone's having a good time, and and that's kind of the epitome, the the, the ideal kind of opponent is to go against a hobby goblin. Um, well, that's how we train. Uh, yeah. Like I talk about the cave here, we've got a rule at the here at the at the table is that not only do we play to in, intention, we play to intention at an extreme degree. Forty um, k is best played with an opponent, not against an opponent. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. training ground allows us to kind of insulate one another from making mistakes and discuss how to improve the things that we're doing and prepare ourselves for the table. So when your practice grounds are like that, you tend to perform in that same fashion. Right? Yeah. I, I tend to behave in the same way regardless of what the stakes are. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, well, Seth and I wanted to bring you on because you are, you know, very well. Um, Seth, do you know where he's in the hobby track right now? I, I, you know, off the top uh, I believe last week he was second. Okay, um, second. So you yeah. in the very, um, and I know that some scores need to get submitted. Get yeah, fixed. but that's yeah. that's what yeah. I had available last week. Uh, side note: I don't have ITC rankings for this week, folks, because uh, <laughs> part of the website being down is the ITC rankings. And yeah. let me tell you this: uh, to be in the top three with uh, some of these titans that are, I'm happy enough anywhere, any spot on the top three. <laughs> you look at uh, any of those uh, ages games guys; they do work at the hobby yeah. table. Oh, they uh, do. Absolute gentlemen. Um, but I'll I'll share a podium with them anytime. Man. Well, 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 Jacob, we wanted to ask you, maybe maybe you can give Seth and I and some of the people listening and, and watching at home, like the tips to maximize your hobby score at events. I mean, you've got okay. this down to a pat because you, you're you're event after event, you're, you know, you're being successful. And a lot of your guys are also, you know, doing really, really well. So mm -hmm. what is the like, is it the battle board? What, what are the things that really you know, step up your your hobby game? Well, I'll let you in on a secret. Right. Um, I, I do cheat. Um, probably shouldn't say it on air. Uh, but I, I'm an We're orc not player. Judges. It's okay. <laughs> right? I, I'm an orc player. Uh, as far as I'm concerned on the hobby track, that is a big cheat. Uh, I can take literally any kit at any time. I can disassemble it and, and throw it back together however I want to. And I have that absolute creative freedom. So um, the first tip to everybody out there would be throw away your old armies and just buy orcs. Um, but a practical answer. Uh, a practical answer is that you can prepare for the hobby trek. You can approach it like any other competition and have a strategy in in the composition of your of your build. But the first and foremost, the absolute most most important thing is that you're doing something for yourself. Uh, you're doing something that you're going to enjoy uh, for a long time come. Once you're no longer able to attend events and you know potentially win paint, it's got to be something that you can look back on and and be fond of. So uh, my answer to your question. The best thing you can do to increase your chances of the hobby track would be to love what you do and share that with others. Yeah, I'm into uh, that. I, I'm, 
I'm very fortunate that I've got several artists around here that we're able to engage on this journey together and give feedback and, and kind of learn new tricks side by side. And so each of us are growing at, at a far a greater rate than any of us could by ourselves. So, you know, find a group, uh, create one if there's not one, uh, and share this experience. So you've alluded to a few times. So having a team that's not only your, your team that's going to events, your competitive, you know, you know I guess, uh, opponents, sparring partners, if you will, but they're actually your team for, for I guess, the hobby side of things too. Uh, I know hey, this is a club. Really, yeah, yeah, you told me they're really going to have ideas to, you know, bounce ideas off of them or, you know, color mm -hmm. ideas and stuff. Like, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. We put so much value into having a group of guys to wear a jersey and go to a tournament and, and, and go play together. But I think that having guys that you can really count on for, for the hobby side is pretty pretty damn valuable too. Look, I'll tell you my favorite part about a tournament, and and we we got to share one of these moments with you at Lone Star. Uh, my favorite part about a tournament experience is you know being exhausted at the end of the day, going sitting down and having a bite of meal, and everybody sharing their experience. You know, yeah. that's that's the most fun part of it. There are times that fifth game rolls around, and I say, all right, well, did I get my three wins in? Can I? <laughs> you saw this at Lone Star too. I said, can I go to the pool yet? You know, do I do I have <laughs> yeah, to play yeah. the rest of these games? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So, um, I, I got to ask, cause your display board is, is pretty epic. I'm sure you can rattle Thanks. off the dimensions in a heartbeat, but it's, it's, it's a pretty big, um, structure, both, you know, it's, it's wide, sure. it's tall, there's components. I think it's like, it's got lights to it and stuff. There's, there's a lot it of moving parts. How like is, is transportation a critical factor here? I am talking about going to cruise hammer and I'm trying to fit everything into the small little bag so I can get on right. board. I mean, is that something that really um, determines the size of your battle board or determines what you're going to do for your hobby projects? Because you, you are going to events. I think you're going to LVO. I mean, you, mm -hmm. I don't, you're, you were thinking about driving, right? Because of the, the, the hobby element, it's just too much to, to fly yeah. with, right? More than that. Yeah, we're, we're looking at potential tour buses. <laughs> oh, <wow>. uh, <laughs> the amount of traveling that we do and the amount of space that we take, if we can cram Dedication. 10 nerds in a, in a bus, you know, that, that'll be a hell of a trip. Dedication. So, so the transportation is something you really have to, to sure. consider. Seth, I know when you go to tournaments, do you still bring a display board or anything? If it's a drivable tournament for me, I will. Um, yep. This weekend's a drivable tournament, so I'll, I'll bring a display board. But, you know, if I, if I get on a plane to go to like SoCal, um, yeah. I'm not. And I, and I know I have seen people um, do multiple levels of, of display board. Um, you know, we can't talk about Poppy Track uh, without talking about Sean Naden. Um, oh, yeah. Sean is kind of well known for having his flying display board and his driving display board, which is of a different quality. Yeah, yeah. So he has, you know, his big version. And then if he can't do it, he's got a smaller version so he can still get those, those points for hobby track. He might not compete for best painted necessarily with that, that bigger board or with that smaller board, but he still is able to get those, those hobby track points. Um, and that's how he's able to take down Renman so often. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very cool. What do you guys think about the composition of your army? So, um, you know, Jacob, you're going to these tournaments and you're, you're obviously, you know, running to one of the most hobbyists here, have the best beautifully painted armies and, and when, you know, the the hobby track. Yeah. but do you adjust your army's playability, I guess, for a thematic army that looks cool? You know I mean? If, if you're playing Space Wolves and you got a bunch of Thunderwolf cavalry, that might look awesome, but it might not be best army list. Like, how do you yeah. balance that out? Um, well, I, very much so. A lot of times I pick the army based off of what I want to show off, uh, yeah. for, uh, for Atlantic city, for Cherokee, for example, yeah. uh, Cherokee was the first time I played army of renown speed mod, And cool. I did that specifically to show off a pirate ship battle wagon I made and, and a couple of Valkyries that I'd mashed into a was bomb. And I said like, these kit bashes have to be on the table. What supports it? Yeah. Uh, and I, I did fairly well at the list cause you know, army of renown is pretty decent, but. Had I not been working on those kit bashes, I would have done my regular MSU nonsense and gone about my business. So, so the strategy here is paint stuff you'll really get excited about, bring a thematic army list, and then just get good. Learn how to play that list the best you possibly can. Cool, cool. Right. Uh, hey, Seth, uh, you know, you, you're kind of our competitive side here, and let's take the competitive element of this. I mean, the hobby track, it, it, it does add a lot to our tournaments, right? It detracts mm -hmm. yep. from the judges being able to go judge tournament. Like it, it takes a lot of time for them to go paint judge 100, 200, 300 at LVO 600, 700. And it takes a lot of time to go do that. Should the hobby track be part of a competitive tournament in terms of a, you know, a match play tournament? Like, is that an element that should be ball? Should it be a separate element of it? Should be a whole tournament on its own? Maybe we do the, the paint judging on Friday and then just, you know, what are, what are your thoughts, yeah. Seth? 
I, I've seen events do it every which way. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really would be interested for Jacob's take here afterwards. But I've seen events do um, voluntary paint judging. So yeah. your, your army doesn't have to be paint judged. But if you want, they'll say, hey, if you want your army paint judged, have it set up in this time or come to this location. Um, I've seen events do mandatory paint judging. Um, you know, for instance, this weekend, uh, Warzone Giga, they will go around and paint judge every army um, because they do, they have a big emphasis on their overall scoring as well. So they're going to com- be combining that. Um, and I, I've seen events do uh, no paint judging as it relates to the tournament. But on on a side note, you can, you know, enter models for best painted cool. elsewhere. Um, and that's a very different thing because. If if you're setting a model up to be displayed for the weekend, you can't have that on the table. Yeah. Um, but that does, you know, in Jacob's case, if that was how an event was run, he might be able to bring that converted battle wagon, and then it's, his list is not tied to having a battle oh, wagon in. Yeah, he's got yeah, that yeah, one yeah. piece that he's worked on and he's excited about. He's putting that up for paint judging, and he can still run whatever arm he wants. So there's pros and cons to all of them. I, I think having some form of... Uh, paint judging is important for events, period, end of sentence, because where else can painters like Jacob go and show off their work? You know, we can show, you know, on on pictures on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, but where, where do you get a chance to go see those things in person and compete with other painters of equal caliber and say, all right, who, who brought the, the best this week? Yeah. Um, you know, so if you take that away, I yeah. think you're taking away from a part of the community that comes out to have that, that experience. Um, but I, you know, there are a lot of ways to do it and, and I'm interested to hear from Jacob what he thinks would be, um, the, the way the painters want it done, if that makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, it, when you break it down into your best paint, your Ren Man and your first place wins, it creates different environments for sub communities to kind of gather, right? Uh, specifically best paint, specifically you know, top of class, first place, right, in, uh, in in the competitive side. So having those three kind of areas that can raise up the person that uh, that achieves the award, I think is valuable. I think that having, uh, there's plenty of people out there who, you know, might have been decent painters and have become fantastic painters because they have a, a venue to come and grow. Uh, I think it should absolutely be judged. I just think that, and, and this might segue into, into something else, but I, I think that it, needs to be in a way that the person being judged can grow from if you are at an event and have no idea what was seen or unseen or or what you were given credit for or any feedback on how to improve uh, you you kind of find yourself having to go outside uh, to to figure that out Uh, if we want to offer paint judging we should offer a system in which we are cultivating those painters at the same time so let's explore that because that's that's really valuable stuff here, right? Because we see it through our lens, but we need to see it through you, a competitive hobby track, you know, and player in general. You know, how could should it be standardized? What should be the rubric, the formula at at events? I can't speak for all the events, but I can definitely speak for frontline gaming events that you know there is there is a formula, but I think that it should probably be more visible or clear for at every single event. You know exactly what the rubric mm-hmm. is. Um, but what, what do you think? Should it be sta- should 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 the the hobby side of a competition be the same sort of standardized set of rules and rubrics that you have for the the competitive side. We're all playing the same missions. Should there be something across the board, whether you're in the USA or 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 Uganda? You know, you got the exact same kind of thing you're going to be scored on when it comes to your hobby stuff. Is that something like how do we roll this out? And what do you think? Take it away. So uh, to standardize it, I think that that's a beautiful idea. I mean, if you could execute it, fantastic. Uh, but I think more important than the standardization is just the transparency. Um, again, knowing how you perform and if you're provided a rubric to follow along with the judge, if my rubric is different than yours, but I've got it in hand, then, uh, I, I, again, I've got that data to further my, further my journey. So a standardized rubric, it's a great idea. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that could be adopted, but I think that even if we get something that's absolutely perfect, nine out of 10 people. You know, you're going to have one out of 10 there that's going to make that little shift. And, you know, they are going to deviate as time goes on. As long as the results are transparent, that's fine. Seth, I, I believe you're telling me that one of the events you went to, the, they, they had a painting rubric. And then a week later, the, the scores were offered up to the player. Yeah. Is that, so is that's, that that's the Warzone group again. Okay. And, and I'll use them as reference here because I actually I want to follow up on the rubric idea. Um, the Warzone group do a painting rubric and, and it's usually published in advance. 
so you can know I have to achieve these types of, of paint standards. Um, and it's things like, you know, they have like basically highlights as a category. And then within that, there might be like, the army is not highlighted, zero points. The army, uh, key figures in the army are highlighted and that's like half the credit and then all models are highlighted and so on and so forth. Um, so pretty standardized rubric. Um, and what they do is uh, they they publish those um, overall scores, which are a combination of paint and sportsmanship and your your battle points for their system. And they usually publish that as a spreadsheet a week after, so you can see where did you rank on everything. Now, the problem with those types of rubrics um, is uh, if you provide gamers a rubric of how we will score you, they will max the rubric. And then what ends up happening is you run a large event, you know, 100, 200, 300 player event, you might get 20 or 30 guys that max That's a rubric. Good point, Seth. I didn't think and, about that. And, and from, from Jacob's end, then uh, how a lot of events I've seen run it, it was they'll have a, they'll have a, a voting, uh, either player voted or judge voted or, or whatever. Um, but that might not necessarily give you the feedback you want because, you, you know, you and 20 other guys, we all have max rubrics. Okay, cool. But he won best painted. Why did he win and not me? Well, he got more votes. Okay. Well, why did he get, you know, more sure. votes? So if it's if you do a rubric and you do a, a voting system, there can still be some of those those maybe those feels bads. If it's maybe a more of a, a judge voted decision at that point, um, you might be able to get a bit more targeted feedback. Um, I would actually be interested. Um, there's there's two large painting competitions, uh, Golden Demon, which which yeah. took a, a, a few year break, but it's back. Um, but when it took its break, I believe at Depticon, another group started running the Crystal Brush. Right. Um, yeah. Another, and and those are, from my understanding, a pure judge-voted system on both of them um, to determine determine winners. And they provide, from my understanding, verbal feedback to the the top placers. You know, why did so and so win and not you? So maybe that might be a scenario. You know, if if the if a rubric could cut down a lot of the judge work to a half dozen players, and then you know the judges can pull those armies. I think um, when we were at FLG, no, no GW New Orleans um, kicker, they they tapped us for for painted there, and I believe you were there as well, Jacob. Right? Mm-hmm. They tapped was- all three of us, and we brought our armies out for display for further examination and voting. So maybe yeah. that's a system to borrow from. So, so I mean, okay. So, Jacob, do you think that? I mean, it seems like you definitely want your um, your. We all agree that there should be a rubric, and there is a rubric for LVO. Right. I can promise you that, guys. It's actually it's a set rubric we have at every LVO. But mm-hmm. you guys, I, I mean, Jacob, you'd want your rubric handed over to you to know that you max that out, correct? Sure. And uh, I would I would like to see that rubric created. That if you achieve a max score on it, then that's a ten thousand dollar PSR. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it. Uh, rubrics are frequently the the ones that I've seen that are used are are kind of vague in how they're presented, and you know they'll have a single check mark for eight different things. If you do one of those things, you've got the check mark. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if if everybody are getting top scores on rubrics, or you've got too many top scores on rubrics, your rubric is too soft, yeah. right? And yeah, and if fair. you've got if you've got a a good firm rubric that's that's taking a look at all the different techniques and all the different things that can be applied to both an army and a display board. Um, I mean, if you have that, then they can get better. That's exactly a part of what I'm talking about. That's guidance. Uh, and if you do have a couple of people tie, well, if they know that they've maxed their rubric, that's a lot of times more information than they might receive otherwise. They might leave thinking, where did I lose points? Right. So and if they've gotten that full credit. Provide a counterpoint here. Sure. I think if you, make a, if you make a very exhaustive rubric, um, you, you might run into two issues. Uh, the first is you might, you know, a new painter coming up might be intimidated by a very exhaustive rubric. Um, and that can, you know, scare them away from, from trying to even go down that road. And I think it may also, uh, put a, put a, if, particularly if you're doing an event where everyone is paint judged or a lot of people, uh, volunteer to be paint judge, that can be a pretty, uh, intensive process to go so, through that. So that, that's a good sure. point because we do have well, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people getting paint judged. Well, let me, let me propose a solution. You have two scales of rubrics. Ooh. You have the general rubric that maybe is your, your overall rubric, if that makes sense, you know, 
if you're if you're this is everyone gets to compete for overall using this paint rubric but if you're going for best painted a step above overall what if we had a separate rubric that was that that exhaustive um and then you can say okay you got to you have to max the the first rubric yeah. and and volunteer for further paint judging in order to to be in that second round with that harder rubric. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of, that's where my thoughts are on it. Uh, right. that one of the things that GW did, um, like you mentioned, is they, they tapped us, they had us set, uh, set up our boards. And at that point, that's when they're applying that rubric, yeah. right? They're applying the rubric to 17 or maybe 20 competitors, you know, and taking the opportunity for photo ops, which I never really saw. Um, <laughs> yeah, same right? yeah. So, and that's kind of the same thing. If an FLG event has 200 people, uh, there's not 200 people that need to go through a rubric. There's only those that are really selected at that showcase level. Ooh. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, Lone good, Star was good rough. Name here. Lone Star was rough. There was a lot yeah. of competition. Yeah. PHN 126 uh, said we should have battle ready and parade ready. Ooh. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So you got, you got the battle ready rubric. Cool. You got your paint. You got your 10 points. Good to go, yeah. Parade Actually, ready. You right. got to go and fight. That's, that's simply resolved. That's simply resolved. Now, the exhaustive part, which, you know, I don't have an easy solution for. The only solution I can give you is, is not the best solution. But if I judge pain, if you don't make showcase and you still want feedback on your army, I, I want to chat with you about your army. And if that means, that, hey, we have to end up in a Facebook chat and let's discuss it over the next couple of weeks yeah. and you send me hobby progress and we keep up in that rate, that's, that's the involvement I want in the community. That's, well, that's yeah, what that's I want cool. to see happen. And TOs can't do that. That's an unrealistic expectation to put on any TO staff to say, hey, you're running paint. Uh, you better make these lifelong friends with everybody. <laughs> um, but again, we're talking about what would be, what would be the, the utopia sort of experience. So, yeah. so what we have for LVO, and, and, and this is basically what we've done previously, but now we're a little bit more, I guess, tightened up for 2023, is there is going to be a rubric. There, you know, Basically, the people that do the best in this rubric, so probably let's just call it, 50 people max it out, 25 people max it out. Then those people will go get their armies individually judged by none other than Duncan Rhodes and a few <laughs> other, you know, deemed painters. And then they're going to basically be, you know, the judges. I don't know if they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be operating off of a, a formulaic rubric. Do you know why being, I, I laughed, Kicker? Why do you laugh? You know what chat just asked? What did chat, chat ask? John Q and chat said with Duncan Rhodes at LVO, will he have any input on paint scores this year? Yes. So Duncan Rhodes will be one of the final... I guess the um, final boss, the final boss for the painting competition <laughs> for the 40 K champs for the age of Sigma champs. And then for the, uh, the game of Thrones game, a song of fire. Nice. So, uh, he just personally really likes that game. So basically at LVO, if you make it through the first, you know, rubric maxing out and you're one of the, the selected ones to go there, then Duncan, as well as a few other painters will, you know, steam painters will be basically judging you and, and they will choose the, the final top three and then, uh, you know, make that call. But I think it would be kind of cool if we did have what we're talking about, a basically an intro rubric and then like, okay, now we're really like, we're really getting serious and, and you spend more time discussing it. And I think the follow-up, uh, yes, it's an idyllic you know, thought, but to have the follow-up afterwards, to have that conversation with the painters so the painters can get better would be amazing. I feel like that's- And I think that's doable with, yeah. a, with a first cut system where you're cutting, yeah. you know, because yes. if, if you told me I had to have a, a paint judging- of 200 players in a room and every one of them was going to come up to me and want feedback i'd be like oh crap yeah, no, no, if you're no. like all right we're going to cut you know we're going to use a rubric we're going to cut to 10 guys and you're going to judge amongst those 10 and they may want some feedback from you that's a much more doable scenario right. for, yeah. for a judge or to you right absolutely well, Ooh, well Jacob, Jacob, Jacob says can he present can duncan present badges like pokemon gym leaders Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm sure he'll be happy to do that. I, 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 I really hope Duncan doesn't hate us after the first event. <laughs> Duncan never comes back. He's like, I'm never doing LVO again. Um, Jake, before we, 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 you know, we, we move on to the next segment here, I, I did want to ask, um, at Frontline Gaming's you know, core group of staff judges, I know that they're working on stuff for LVO. I'd love to submit it to you, let you get a you know, once review before it goes public to say, hey, what do you think? And, and maybe you and JT and some of the other real competitors, right. kind of give us your feedback before we say, okay, this is what we're using for LVO. Would you be cool that, with that? That sounds great. And that's awesome. exactly what I was going to say. I would love to get uh, you know, Noah Badom, JT, Lee Stager. I'd love to put it in front of them and get their feedback as well. Again, these guys are, these guys are monsters at the hobby table. You know, they're, they're, they're contemporaries of mine, if I'm lucky. Awesome. Right. 
Uh, so I, I would love to have them involved cool, as well. Cool, cool, cool. So I, I, I'll see what I, I, I will make that happen so that before anything is finalized, we'll get you guys involved in that final call. I hope if Adam, uh, if Adam Solis and John are, are front, some of our frontline gaming staffers are in chat, right. I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm making that call right now. So <laughs> we'll involve you. Uh, well, they're not immediately screaming. So if they're in chat, they haven't either <laughs> uh, heard you or been upset. All right, all right. Uh, Seth, why don't we jump in? Let's keep Jacob on, uh, but let's jump into some competitive news. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do all it. Right. So uh, like I alluded to earlier with the, with the website issues, I don't have ITC rankings. So I, I dug a little, a little deeper for the competitive uh, 40K news segment. And I want to ask the question, Kicker, uh, has balance returned to the meta? And let's, ta- let's all take a step back here and remember, um, most of the statistically-minded folks in the community really want to see all armies be between a 55 and a 45% win rate, um, you know, 10% variance between top and bottom. Um, but over the last six months uh, in the previous uh, Noctum data sets, um, we were having two or three armies a week um, that were easily within the upper 70s uh, or high 60s. Um, so multiple armies uh, breaking that, that trend. Um, and these are the things like, you know, when the Harlequins were near 80%, um, when Nids are up there forever, when Drukari's up there forever, when Admex up there forever, um, even when my beloved Orcs were up there for a bit with their Free Buddhas build, um, they were well above that win rate and it was getting pretty oppressive. But the last four weeks, we've had the down, balanced data slate, we've had the new points, we've had the new mission formats. Um, there's not been a single faction in the last four weeks uh, that has in that time period uh, across that those number of games been over 60% win rate. Oh. The highest factions are Craftworlds, Harlequins, and Nids at 58% and Sisters at 57%. Wow. Wait, um, Sisters are doing worse? Than, I figured Sisters beating Craftworlds right now. Okay, cool. Well, they're 1% behind them, okay. if that's significant. Cool. No, that, um, that there's 16 factions of 34 factions that are in that 45 to 55% uh, wow. zone. Um, and there's only six factions that are under 40%, so kind of way behind the curve. Um, and that's White Scars, Ultramarines, Raven Guard, uh, the Mixed Imperium and Mixed Chaos, which I really don't necessarily yeah. count as factions because it's really hard to balance those. Um, and then Guard. Um, of course, but Guard is one of the last two books that don't actually have a ninth edition book. So this does uh, actually sound, just like we're looking at numbers alone, it sounds really surprisingly balanced. I'll tell you, man, I don't know who to worry about in on, on, you know, in terms of what army I got to worry about going against because mm-hmm. they're all scary, which I guess means that they're all balanced because I'm terrified of going against like, you know, I never yeah. really worry about Necrons and suddenly Necrons are scary, right? Sisters of Battle yeah. are scary. Like it now, looks like everything is, yeah. Go for now it. Chat, chat does bring up a good point. Um, you know, in, in the hands of, of, of really good players, there are some factions like Sisters, Necrons, Tau, uh, Tyranids that can be just kind of oppressive that if they're played to a, to a high skill level. So it's not as if uh, there are not boogeymen in the game. Um, it is just data-wise, it seems that we've, we've hit that, that balance we're looking for. But you and I were talking pre-show. Yeah. It ain't easy getting into 40k anymore. No, I mean, guys, let's just, um, let's just pretend like we never played 40k before and we're entering the hobby. Um, I personally, uh, would be kind of intimidated, overwhelmed. I mean, I would need, uh, somebody to hold my hand and, and try to educate me because there is a, a lot to take in to, to, to start this. Yeah. You know, I was just introducing somebody brand new to the hobby two days ago and I'm like, oh wow, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know where to start now. Yeah. Obviously Jacob, if you were, if you were yeah. bringing a new guy onto your team and trying to get him up to speed yeah. for events, how much stuff do you got to take a new player through right now? Uh, I mean, there's a bit, uh, there definitely yeah. is a bit and, uh, and the best advice you can give somebody from the hobby perspective is what do you like the look of? But yeah. if they like the look of something like guard, you have to warn them, you know, it's going to be a minute before you're going to be any good. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be a minute before you're going to be at an equal playing field with your opponent. And, and that and does. So did we get to this equal playing field? Okay. Cause okay. Guard aside, guard, guard aside, guard aside yeah. and garden like, demons. We know like they're not, yeah. they haven't got the night that treatment. We're going to put them aside for a bit, but aside, things are looking pretty balanced, but is it balanced? Cause we have, almost two and a half years of books that have piled up upon books to create that balance? Or do you think that when ninth edition and Jacob, maybe, maybe I'm incorrect, but when ninth edition started, did you feel as a pretty balanced? Did you feel pretty comfortable? Or do you think that it's just got very approachable? Yeah. Very, approachable. very approachable game. It, it took just a, a couple of run throughs and some, at a basic level to really have the, the foundation down to really start, you know, big braining it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I definitely could see how now it would be more convoluted. I mean, back then there wasn't army of renowns or there wasn't 
yeah. emergency data slates to you know yeah, apply yeah, right. you didn't have to go get a digital data slate and a a mission packet for for tournament missions that had slightly different rules and your codex and a supplement possibly a white war I saw yeah. a guy in the, the orc chat earlier saying, hey, uh, somebody told me I have an invul during the WOG. Where do I find that? Right, That's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Here, exactly. Right? Um, it's we, not in the book. You have some, some folks in chat saying that uh, Razorin, uh, um, I think I said it right, maybe not, um, saying that you know they're, they're newer and there's been a lot of folks that have been very welcoming in the community. There's a lot of good YouTube awesome. tutorials. So certainly if you have the motivation to, to get involved, uh, you can, but... You know, the question is, have we achieved balance by adding complex, uh, complexity to the game, which may or may not turn some people off right now when they're trying to get into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Right? I mean, it, def- it definitely keeps it... Ex- I mean, I- I'll speak for myself, right? I definitely enjoy complexity. Like, I like more things rolling out because, uh, you know, I like like I was talking earlier in the show, like something shiny new gets me excited, but I think it got, it's gotten to the point where it's just prohibitive for a lot of new players to just dip their toes in the water here. Um, but yeah, is that complexity making a balance? I don't know, guys. If you're in chat, tell us. Does more complexity allow us to balance this game out? I don't know. You tell us, Seth. What's uh, what else do we want to chat about? Competitive, like how how are we looking overall? Um, you know, is there? Is, I mean, is, overall, I, I think the community's in a good spot. Um, we we have a little bit of you know we were talking about it earlier. You know, one of the nice things about uh, Ninth Edition with with GW creating a unified mission format. Um, yeah. We kind of have everyone playing the same game no matter where you go. Um, the two-inch coherency rule, though, has kind of been the first thing to break that. Um, mm. That yeah. that FAQ um, has been adopted not widely. Um, yeah. There's been some groups that have adopted it verbatim. Um, you've got some folks like WTC that have said, nope, we're writing our own FAQ. Um, you've got some folks that just say, nope, we're not adopting it and we're not providing our own um, so it's, it's changed and it's not a huge change to the game, um, that two inch coherency. I mean, certainly if you play an all assault army, it feels huge. Uh, you're like, yes, yeah, I can get into those combats now that I couldn't before, but, um, Seth, you're right though. You're hitting a really important point. This is the first time in ninth edition, like really where, you know, everyone's suddenly playing slightly a different game. Yeah, um, which is not where we want to go. We, we don't want yeah, that. I've, I've had that, that conversation a few times just in my practice games this week. Where my opponents and I are playing, and I'm I'm practicing for Warzone Giga, and I, and I have to be like, well, we're not using that rule in in Warzone Giga, and they're like, oh, okay, because um, it does change how you can play um, a, a couple different scenarios. So it is something that um, you got to keep in mind um, when we talk about this complexity we were talking about earlier. The more complex you make the game, the more likely it is that you're going to have some group say, ah, screw it, I ain't using that part; it's too much for me. Yeah. Um, so I do wonder if if in the effort to achieve balance, we have begun to fracture the community. Yeah. Um, Good point. point. Well, uh, let's look for any uh, questions in the chat, but um, Jacob, uh, did you hear about the war games rankings? I know Seth, you want to, yeah. Did you hear about those, Jacob? I don't think so. Okay. Seth, why don't you explain what happened? Well, I mean, full disclosure, they did approach me about being involved in this process. And I just, I unfortunately don't have the time to help them. And I told them that I was going to try, but I, I just, at the end of the day, I couldn't. And what it was, is it's a separate ranking system outside of ITC and outside the um, CRS from StatCheck, which is um, both of those are data driven. Um, you know, with when with with event results being the main driving factor, and in the case of the uh, CRS, um, results against high level players being the main driving factor. Um, what the War Games ranking is uh, the best way to describe it. If anyone's familiar with American football, this is like a coach's poll um, mm-hmm. where different uh people in the community that have a, a fairly wide understanding of, of the different members of the community vote on who is the top player in each region um and so they put out a, a top 20 in the u.s uh rankings uh this week and there was uh some people that liked it and some people that didn't it, it kind of got a mixed review there so Quite a few people did not yeah um and 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 i i'm not gonna belabor the point too much uh, I think it's interesting um, from kind of our perspective as talking heads. Um, you know, it brings up a list of people that, you know, like, for instance, Sean Naden ranked highly on there. But Sean has competed in one event this season. Um, you know, or uh, Richard Siegler was on there. Richard has been at one event this season. You know, now those players may have a, a push later in the season. 
um, and they might push up the ITC and the CRS ranking charts because of it. But um, they're not represented right now. So those types of that player or that that community voted uh, type type of, of ranking system does kind of help those players um, stay in in people's uh, minds. But um, you know, it does exclude the 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 young up and comers. Yeah. Um, you know, the people. Any, that don't anything have any on the hobby track for them? <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing from hobby track. Just yeah, it's not. Them. It's not my kind of website. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that was the main critique with the system was um, it 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 is not necessarily going to highlight those young up and comers. Um, you know, for instance, uh, Tom Ogden is just slaying it this season. Yeah, he's, he is, um, he's highly ranked in basically every ranking system. But you go back two or three years, and you're not going to see Tom at the top of anyone's list. Yeah. Um, Tom had taken a break from the game, so you know you got you got a, a guy like Tom that maybe right now is coming back into the game and has a, a high skill level and the ability to perform. He might not necessarily appear in a, a community voted system for now. So yeah. um, something to keep in mind moving forward. They're they're supposed to, they said they're going to be releasing rankings every few months, so it's not a thing that you're going to be seeing uh, every week. Um, and there are a lot of folks that are involved on the the voting side of things that really do want to see this succeed. They are taking constructive feedback. Um, John Quinnell is in chat. He is one of the voters. Um, so uh, reach out to him and, and provide all feedback and criticisms to uh, John Quinnell specifically. John Quinnell. Yes. <laughs> um, but we do have a few questions. Right, um, question for Jacob. How do you guys foster such a great community? Any tips? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's I'm going to sound like my mom saying this, but like, you know, do something that you create something that you want to be a part of. All right. Uh, that's that's basically what we've done. That's that was our our philosophy wasn't to, to get together and get good. and Go take the tournament team by or the tournament scene by storm. Our objective was to hang out, enjoy ourselves and, you know, get good in the process. So if, if you adopt that kind of same mentality, you know, I, I liken it to this uh, and I'll use again, you know, these events, for example. If I it was the kid and I would go to my friend's house to play with some toys, um, I probably would help them put those toys away if I wanted to get invited back, right? Yeah. Uh, now, we don't need an invite. We're paying to show up at these tournaments, but the message is still the same, right? Um, if you've got tournament organizers, a lot of times local organizers is a couple of guys uh, that aren't making anything for doing this thing for the people to take part in. So it takes little to no time to help pack up some terrain and put some to put some boxes in a truck or what have you. And, you know, all it takes is, you saw this uh, at most of these tournaments as well, all it takes is a couple people to do it. And then people realize, hey, that's a thing I can do. Yeah. Right? So, um, I, I mean, how do you how do you foster the community? Uh, just by behaving in a way that is is a benefit to those around. And you'll reap the benefits of it yourself. And vague answers. Team. I love vague answers. And, and your team has been, you know, increasing because you know, you know, I think people I actually attracted see one of your team people want to join. Chat. People want to join that stuff, right? So once you start that, and you got a few guys, the next thing you know, it just grows and grows because you know, snowballs. Right. People want to be part of that. Yeah. Cool club. I, I believe I see one of your teammates, Robert Hawkins, in chat asking, yeah. "What is the big board behind you?" Ah. Oh, asking about asking about this boy. Maybe I should maybe I should slide over and keep the secret go. closed yeah, a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, um, keep, the, keep the secret a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. This one, if uh, if if I'm lucky enough to get it done in time, we'll unveil this thing at uh, Kansas City. But uh, it should look uh, make the Daka Shack look pretty pedestrian. By <laughs> well, if the Daka Shack um, needs a new home, I know someone that can give it one. Uh, <laughs> hey, I have to tell you, it's it, it, this uh, Daka Shack is owned by Lewis Bedingcourt out of Tampa, Florida. He's All just when. Right. Uh, in time has been gracious enough to let me keep using it before I give it to him for good. Oh, nice. Good. good. All right. Well, I think that's about it we have uh, for the questions. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Hey, thanks on. for having me, guys. Um, Kicker, Jacob, any final thoughts for the night? Uh, guys, I'll be gone next week, most likely, unless there's really good internet on the boat. But uh, there won't we'll, be. We'll, we'll report from Cruise Hammer when I get back. Uh, thanks again you can, for going. You could probably do Facebook reports. I can do Facebook reports. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good at Picture, that. text, I'm all that. Yeah, I... I will say out there, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I've got a big green goblin face. So yeah. you, uh, you find that on Facebook, add me. You know, I can get you in our Discord. That's that's our online community that we're trying to foster the same thing that we are in a grassroots fashion. So uh, shoot me a message. Sick commission, like high-end, beautiful, like top-quality commission stuff too. Right? We just had a Bellicor leave here that's been all over the chaos. 
Uh, I had had plenty of people at Lone Star say, "Oh, you guys did the Bellacore," you know. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a, that's a talented artist. You check him out at Cryface Design. Uh, he is an artist by trade, and it it shows. In him. So you that. guys can find Jacob on Facebook pretty easily. Of the Hobby Goblins, you can't miss him, Jacob. There, uh, Seth, you want to take us out? Yeah, we thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Signals from the Frontline. We really hope you enjoyed it. Have a great week, and we will see you at Cruise Hammer. Yeah. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>